Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Well, all right, good morning. If you're just visiting, now you know why we call it the worship experience at 11 a.m., amen? Wow, we have, I have such a blessed, I am so blessed to have a team like this, amen? I know probably other, other pastors say the same thing about their teams, but I know that we got the tightest team here, the most incredible worshipers in heart, with their heart of worship. I know they are just, forget it, miles ahead. But then again, that could be like, you know, every, every mother thinks their baby's the cute one. So hopefully that's not, you know, what's going on here. I know that these, that these I love these guys. And by the way, talk about baby being cute. We had a new baby born to the sanctuary this past week. Neve Cruz was born to Jason and Valerie. And, and uh, the, the little girl was born with a mohawk and four tattoos. So we know for sure there's no mixing that baby up in the hospital. Amen, amen. Anybody excited? All right, all right. Well, last week we talked about when we stand, right? When we stand. And this week in a message that Pastor Gary is going to help me break down, we're going to tag team this thing. We're going to talk about why we can still stand. Amen? Why we can be still standing. Has anybody had to just stand this past week? All right, three of you, amen. See, the truth is, the, the message that God gives us each week to, to me has just been so, it, it's been so relevant. It's been blowing me away how God speaks exactly what we need every week. Isn't that awesome? And, and please understand, I'm not tooting my own horn. I know that only God gets the glory. I know that the only credit that I can take is that I'm hearing from God. Amen. And if you would all just understand that you can do the same, then you too would be hearing from God every week for every situation, for everything that you're going through. Wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't that be incredible? Like every day you can have a Sunday experience because you're hearing from God for what you're going through. See, you guys sell yourself short. You think it's Sunday, only one time. You think it's about a church or it's about a building or it's about a group of people or, or even about an anointing. Each and every one of us can hear from God and we can have this kind of experience every day by yourself. Amen? So we're going to talk about still standing today. You know you are hearing from God when you get a message that speaks exactly to what you're going through or prepares you exactly for what you'll be going through this week. So a lot of us have had to just stand this week. Amen? Isn't it incredible how God can love each and every one of us together yet separate? See, one of the most incredible things, the most, the most exciting things to me about ministry in the local church is that we can come together in a large group. They could be 200 plus, they could be 2,000 plus. And, and somehow in this large group, God could 
could orchestrate our time together so that he can speak to each one of us together yet individually. Anybody ever experienced that? There could be one song, one verse from a song, one scripture, one prayer, one word, one person, one touch that makes you feel like you're the only one in the room. Anybody ever experienced that? Amen? Sometimes it's, it's almost like, man, it, he's always talking to me, right? I mean, I feel this way when I listen to preachers too, right? I, you know, I, I, I listen to a couple of, a couple of guys... Some people have issues with certain people, so I won't even give names. But, but I like, to listen to, I like to, to listen to messages, and I listen to messages all the time. And sometimes I think, man, God, why would, you know, you put this guy and, and, and funded this whole network to have him on TV so just he can speak to me this morning in my house, right? And it's like, man, you, how do you speak to just me? But yet there's thousands in this congregation, and he's talking to me in the Bronx. God is so incredible and beautiful that way, Amen. That one touch from God's heart is sometimes the only thing that lets us say, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. No matter what happens today or doesn't happen, I'm still standing. No matter how long it takes to get where I need to be, I'm still standing. No matter how many times I fall, I'm still standing. No matter how many times I get knocked down, I'm still standing. No matter how many times I need to get back off the floor and dust myself off and straighten up, I'm still standing. Am I talking to anybody today? No matter how long it takes for me to learn the lesson and move on, I'm still standing. Look, where can I go that you're not there, God? Where can I hide from you? Where can I go that you won't see me, that you won't know where I am? I love Psalm 139. It goes like this. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Listen to this. This is for you. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, God. You hem me in behind and before you've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit, God? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths of hell, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in the womb, my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know you full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So Lord, I'm still standing. Amen? I'm still standing. If I'm speaking to anybody, would you turn to somebody and say, I'm still standing. Come on, I may be sitting down, but I'm still standing. Even when or if I can't see or feel God in the situation I'm in, I'm still standing. Amen? 
can, is somebody, is somebody man enough to say that today? God, even when I don't see you or fear you, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. See, this worship thing that happened this morning, I love this kind of stuff. And I know maybe for some men that are here, you know, this whole, God, I love you, I love you, wrap your arms around me, embrace me, surround me. It might sound a little soft to you. But there's something about the power of God that's not soft. Amen? Amen. See, see, real men love God. Real men know that we've been called to worship. Real men understand that God calls us and anoints us. And no matter what happens, we need to stand. Amen? Because God has called us as men to stand and be the pillars of the church, the family, the home, the nation, the country. Amen? I hate this punk pillar right here. I hate it. I want to get rid of it so bad. I have tools downstairs that I can probably cut it. But what would happen if we took all the pillars off the church? What would happen if we just took these out because they didn't look good, because they were in the way, because they weren't aesthetically pleasing, what would happen? Well, just look at the local church, amen? The men are gone. Not here, because we don't play that, amen? But I'm talking about the body of Christ as a whole. That's been the downfall of the church. The men are gone, because it's a girly, love me, hold me, feel me religion. It's not, Amen? God has called us to stand in a culture that says, that in a culture that, that makes fun of who we are, in a culture that belittles us, in a culture that speaks of our values and say your values mean nothing, in a culture, listen, only real men can stand up under that kind of pressure. Do you understand that? Come on, tell somebody I'm still standing. Even when I can't see or feel God, I'm still standing. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, We fix our eyes on what is seen, but on, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen, now that's eternal. Amen? Now listen, in the next chapter of Daniel, for those of you that don't know, we've been going through the book of Daniel, and we've been having a lot of fun with the book of Daniel. There's so many incredible illustrations and stories that God shows us, and I love it, man. The, the boys in the fire, the guy in the, de in the den, you know, in the lion's den. There's so much, it's so good, so much good preaching in there, amen? But then I get to chapter 7. And if you've read chapter 7... You're going to hear it in a minute, but chapter 7, Daniel has this vision. And oh God, this vision goes on with beasts and this and that and the monster and the horns and this. And, and, and I, I get, I mean, man, that's not good preaching. That's not easy stuff. Amen? So I go to my associate pastor who I just love breaking down the word with. Get Pastor Gary has a thing with symbols and, and vision and just with, with knowing the word. And so we, we wrestle with it during the week. And we do this a lot. And I said, Gary, I want you to really just come and, and, and chew out that, that chapter 7 for us that we would understand what's going on here. Amen? So would you please welcome our associate, Pastor Gary. Come on, G. Get out your way. Let me know if I get too close to the edge. I'm not too steady on my feet up here. I can't believe you put me up here. 
But if you could turn in your Bible, if you have it, to Daniel chapter 7, starting in verse 1. We're going to talk about a dream that Daniel had. And this dream would show the whole future of the earth. Everything that was coming from that point on. Because God already knows the future before it happens. And we're going to prove that right now. So Daniel chapter 7 verse 1. It says earlier during the first year of King Belshazzar's reign in Babylon. Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream and this is what he saw. In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great storm churning the surface of a great sea, with strong winds blowing from every direction. Then four huge beasts came up out of the water, each different from the others. The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off, and it was left standing with its two hind feet on the ground like a human being and it was given a human mind. Then I saw a second beast, and it looked like a bear. It was rearing up on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And I heard a voice saying to it, Get up, devour the flesh of many people. Then the third of these strange beasts appeared, and it looked like a leopard. It had four bird's wings on its back, and it had four heads. Great authority was given to this beast. Then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had ten horns. I'm going to skip to verse 15. I, Daniel, was troubled by all I had seen, and my visions terrified me. So I approached one of those standing beside the throne and asked him what it all meant. He explained it to me like this. These four huge beasts represent four kingdoms that will arise from the earth. Now this was written in the Bible before any of these kingdoms would come to be. And I'm going to break down those four kingdoms quickly. The first kingdom, it said it was like the first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. And that was speaking of Babylon. It was like a lion. It pounced. And it was like eagle's wings because it moved quickly to take over the whole world at that time. The second beast, it says it was like a bear. And it had three ribs in its mouth. And that talked about the Mede Persian Empire, which came after Babylon. And it was like a bear. It, it was ferocious. It was an evil empire, and it had three ribs in its mouth representing the three kingdoms of the Babylonian empire. The third one was like a leopard with four wings on its back and four heads. That's the empire of Greece with Alexander the Great, which was to come afterwards. Again, this was written before any of it happened. You know, God has written everything in your life, the Bible says, before even one day come to pass. Every day in your life has already been ordained by God. And this third empire was like a leopard with four wings on its back and four heads because the empire of Greece was broken into four different kingdoms. And that's why it had four heads. 
Don't look at me like I got four heads, Pastor. But what I want to focus on is the fourth kingdom. Because the fourth kingdom is both past and future. The fourth, I'm going to read it again. Uh, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had ten horns. Now this is speaking of the Roman Empire, which we read about in the New Testament, because they took over the Israel and Jerusalem. And we read about it when you read the Gospels about the Roman Emperor. So in part, this was already fulfilled. There was a great horrible empire called the Roman Empire that trampled the earth and they came into nations and killed and destroyed but this we know when we take the whole of the Bible when we go to Daniel 9 and we look in book of Revelation that this isn't only speaking about a past empire but in some sense even though the Roman Empire is no more in the spiritual realm it's going to be revived again in these last days and again an evil empire is coming and it's going to rule the earth and it's going to trample on many people we told you here before you read about it in the newspaper someday and it talks about ten horns, which means it's going to be made out of ten kingdoms that are going to come together, or ten nations come together. To, that's going to be the basis of this empire. But I'm going to go back now to verse 8. As I was looking at the horns, suddenly another horn appeared among them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. This little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. See, in this future kingdom that's coming, it's going to be made out of ten rulers or ten nations. We know that out of that, a little horn is coming. And that little horn, it tells us in the, in the New Testament, has a name. And he's called the Antichrist. And when he comes, he's going to destroy three of those nations. And he's going to form a one-world government. Let, let me read a little about him in the New Testament. You don't have to turn to it. I'm going to read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 and 10. And then, speaking about in the end times... The lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing." They perish because they refuse to love the truth and to be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. See, this 
this last day's ruler, this Antichrist, is going to begin to draw the nations together. That's why Jesus said, when you start to read the newspapers, when you turn on the TV and you start to hear about world peace, that all the nations are coming together, they're all joining together in one new world order, it says, look up, because that's the sign Jesus is coming back soon. Because there's no peace unless the Prince of Peace comes. Unless Jesus himself comes and rules on this earth, there's not going to be true peace. But the peoples of the nations are going to be deceived. They're going to love the idea. And this Antichrist is going to come and do miracles, signs, wonders, miracles. He's going to appear like this angel of light, this wonderful guy that's just here to bring peace on the earth. Don't be deceived. The Bible says watch out because, because in the last days this person is going to be revealed. But he's going to do everything by the power of the devil. There's going to be great evil behind him. But see, there's something more. As I just said, there's an actual physical man coming up. We don't know when. Some people say that it's going to be soon. But the Bible says we don't know. We don't know the day or the hour. So don't let anyone start telling you a date. Oh, I know exactly when this is going to happen. We don't know. But in the meantime, even though the Antichrist himself has not been revealed, 1 John 4.3 says, But the spirit of Antichrist has been revealed. Every spirit that does, does not acknowledge Jesus is from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. In other words, even though this guy hasn't come yet onto the world scene, we haven't seen the nations come together yet, but it's happening slowly. Read your newspapers. But even though he hasn't been revealed, the Spirit is already on the earth. What is the spirit of Antichrist? He wants to destroy your soul. He wants to wipe everything of worship off the face of this earth. I kick Jesus out of the schools, out of the nation, out of the, out of the capital. I think he's doing a pretty good job. You, you can't pray anymore in this school. When, when, you can't pray at political gatherings. Did you see all the big uproar because President Obama chose Rick Warren, who is a man of God, to, to pray and to do the inauguration? Did you see how angry people got? That's the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist is already unleashed on this earth, and it wants to destroy your faith. It wants to totally wipe out everything of true Christianity. It wants to demolish everything of the Word of God. Take away the truth of God and say there is no real truth. See, that's one thing going on. Pastor George read the scripture. Don't look at what's seen. Don't just read the paper with your natural eye. When you watch the news, don't just look at it with your intellect. You've got to look behind it, what's going on in the spirit. That's why you've got to get in your Bible. 
What, what did the word say? That the Antichrist is going to fool a lot of people. People, if you don't got that word of God living in your heart, if you're not full of Jesus and full of his word, you're going to be deceived. The Bible says if it were possible, even the very elect, even the true people of God will be deceived by this guy coming and doing miracles and healing people and bringing peace. See, that's one thing going on in the unseen realm. You know, that spirit tried to get some of you not to come to church this morning. During the worship today, some of you, the, the, that spirit was discouraging you from pressing into God. That spirit wants to hinder everything. But there's something else also going on in the unseen realm. So I'm going to go back to Daniel chapter 7. Verse 9, and here's, here's Daniel's vision. I watched as thrones were put in place, and the Ancient One sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow, his hair like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire, and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session and the books were opened. I'm skipping to 13. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man, which is Jesus, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one. The ancient one is God the Father and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. At the same time that the Antichrist and the devil and all the powers of, of the air, the Bible says, powers and evil principalities and rulers in high places. Even while that's going on in the unseen realm, bringing all kinds of evil into our nation, at the same time, God is getting ready. The Father is sitting on his throne. He's convening the courts of heaven. And there are millions and millions of angels. And they're all gathering together because there's a war going on. Forget about the wars all over the world in the natural realm. There's a war going on in the unseen realm. And the angels are gathering together. And God says, choose this day who you will serve. You've got to determine right here and right now in a safe place that I'm going to serve God, that I'm on his side. That in this battle, in this army, as Pastor George said, I'm going to stand no matter what. I will not be moved. But you've got to determine. You've got to make a decision right now or when you get out there, you're not going to make it. Because the Bible says in these last days, evil is going to increase. Brutality and wickedness is going to increase. But at the same time, it tells us in Isaiah, it says, but the glory of God's going to begin to cover the earth. God is rising up. The angels are rising up. And he's enlisting you in his last day's army.
There's a serious battle going on. And he's convening the courtroom. And he's going to bring judgment on wickedness. All the people in this earth who think they're getting away with child abuse and murder and all kind of injustices. God is on the throne. And one day every one of them is going to have to stand before God and give an account. Everyone, who, everyone who's misused and hurt you. There's a day coming. And I just feel to pray right now because we have, we have a judge who's a righteous judge on the throne. If you're going through a court case or, some, or at your job there's some kind of injustice against you or in your life, I'm going to ask you to stand right now because I want to pray for you. So, Father, I just pray right now for each one who's standing. And we, we, I just come right now to the court of heaven because we know that you are a righteous judge. And I ask you to rule in, the, in, in these people's favor that you would make a decree right now for righteousness. You said in your word that you dance on injustice. And I speak justice over you right now in Jesus' name. That you, I just decree that God will rule in your favor. That injustice will not prevail. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I want to hear the testimonies in the next few weeks of, of how justice has, has taken over for injustice in your life. You see, the good news is even though a battle has taken place, the Word already tells us who the winner is. It says that Jesus is going to come with thousands upon thousands of his people. How many of you are coming with him? He's coming with his saints. And there's, at the, all the way at the end, there's a great battle going to be taking place called the Battle of Armageddon, where all the armies of the world are going to rise up and think they're going to be able to fight against Jesus. And who's coming with Jesus? You! And there's going to be a fight, except it's not much of a fight. The Bible says he says one word, and all those devils are dead. You see, nothing could stand up to the power of God in your life. See, that little horn that I was talking about, or the Antichrist, he wants to turn this nation from godly values, but even more than that, he wants your heart. He wants to gain your heart. He wants to, he wants to convince you that compromise, it's okay. That you could have one foot in the world and one foot out. That you can get as close to the line of sin as possible. It can happen. You've got to guard your heart. It says in Isaiah 5.20, What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. And isn't that what's happening in, in these times, that the world calls good evil? The bi people in the world, they'll mock and laugh at you if you say you're a Christian. 
They make a joke about it in every movie and, and all the music. They'll come against you. They'll say, you're irrelevant. You're out of date. You're bigoted. You're narrow-minded. The, the world calls good evil, and it also calls evil good, and I'm going to prove it to you. I went online last night to look up these words of what they call some, some, some of these things today. So I'm, I'm going to go through some of these words to show you how the world has taken, taken the matter of good and evil even out of our language to make it sound like everything's okay. So adultery, you know we have a new word for that today in our culture. I found two. One of them is called supplementing your marriage and the other one is called extramarital conjugal affirmation. Or in other words, there's nothing wrong with it, the world will tell you. The spirit of Antichrist will say, go ahead. It's all a matter of choice. It's lifestyle. But the word of God says, don't call evil good. A prostitute today is called a sex industry worker. A a criminal is called behaviorally challenged. Someone who has a sex change is called gender reassignment. Stealing is called non-reciprocated acquisition. Lying is called oppositional truth utterances. And here's the last one. When sex outside of marriage that in the Bible is called fornication... In the world today, it's called non-nuptial cohabitors. Or in other words, in, in, in the eyes of the world, in the eyes of our culture, there's no more good and evil. But as the people of God, do not be deceived. As Pastor George has been saying, you've got to stand. But you're not just standing, you're standing on something. You're standing on the Word of God. You're standing on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. You're standing on a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You cannot be moved. You cannot be shaken as long as you make a determination that nothing's going to stop you, that you're going all the way with God, whatever the cost. If it costs you everything, are you willing? To, if it costs you your life, see, that's Christianity. I'm willing to go all the way. I'm willing to give up whatever I got to. But God is worth it. I'm going to close just by reading the reading these last verses, which is a summary of everything I said so far, and then Pastor George is going to come back. Verse 21, as I watched, this horn was waging war against God's holy people and was defeating them. See, that's in the future. We know in the Antichrist kingdom, he's going to make war against the Christians until the ancient one, the Most High came and judged in favor of his holy people. In other words, the Father's coming to rescue his people. Then the time arrived for the holy people to take over the kingdom. Then he said to me, This fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. It will be different from all the others. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. 
Its ten horns are ten kings who will rule that empire. Then another king will arise, different from the other ten, who will subdue three of them. He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws, and they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a time, which means it's believed that for three and a half years, the Antichrist is going to rule the earth, and he's going to try to trample the people of God. But then the court will pass judgment, and all his power will be taken away and completely destroyed. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be given to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will last forever, and all rulers will serve and obey him. It doesn't matter what's coming on the earth. It doesn't matter who comes against you, who doesn't like you, because in the end, when it's all told, everything that tries to stop you, everything that tries to kill your faith, every thing in this world that brings evil is going to be destroyed. And every one of us, we're going to rule and reign with Jesus forever and ever. Let's just praise him. We thank you, Lord. We worship you, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, you Lord. You are King of kings and yes, Lord, Lord of yes, lords. Yes, there is Lord. none like you, yes, O oh God. God. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Do we see this? Do we see this happening? I mean, do you see what's happening? Do you see how, how the world has taken this? This spirit has rise. Listen, this is good teaching. Amen. This ain't, we're not like trying to beat people up and trying to steal your fun and trying to, trying to put regulations and legalism and doctrine. None of that. This is just straight up scripture. And this spirit is alive, but I love what the word calls him. He's a little horn. <laughs> did, did you catch that? He's a little horn. See, I hate when people take this teaching and, and they say, God and the devil, and, and there's a battle. And No, 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 no. God is God. The devil's a fallen angel. Did, do you see? Put the things in perspective. The devil is a fallen angel that God created. God is God. It's not black and white or good. And, no, it's, this, this is the superpower, amen? That's why the fight is fixed. We won. It, this is a roach. Do you understand? And, and so many times we take the roach and we glorify the roach and we give the roach the power and we give the roach the, the influence and we, give, and we praise the roach and we fear the roach and we're afraid of the roach. No, in, 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 in our houses we kill the roach. Amen? We kill the roach. He's a little horn. But, 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 so, but this teaching is still, we need it because we need to see what's going on. Because you see, we, we take witchcraft today and it's good, right? How many Harry Potter books do we have in the house? We take witchcraft and it's all good. And it's not evil. We take, we, we take things like uh, vampires. Oh, wait a minute. And we love that show and those shows are wonderful, right? Because the vampires are good now. Wait, oh, uh-oh. I just want, I don't want to be legalistic with you, but I'm telling you, just listen to what's going on. Just open your eyes and you see. If you got the Twilight poster in your house, well, what's going on? What's behind that? You know, are you serving the little horn? Right? What are you listening to? When we listen to stuff, what, it, oh, it's just sex. It, I mean, it's just, you know, romance or it's just this. It's just, no, come on. Come on, there's a little horn in your iPod. Come on, there's a little horn in your life. And that little horn will kill you. That little horn.
will, will destroy you. That little horn of compromise will wipe you out. Amen? It's time to stand. It's time. Listen, I'm not trying to, to, to bring legalism and I'm not trying to take your fun. I'm trying to stop an infection. There's an infection in the body of Christ. And, and if you know about infections, when an infection takes over a certain area, sometimes there's no help. Sometimes there's no antibodies. Sometimes we just got to cut that part off. Amen? And Jesus said, it's better to cut off an arm, a leg, poke out an eye, than, and, and enter heaven without a foot. And I'd rather still see some of you just, you know, getting into the gate like, like that. Rather than, than full, full force, full it, and saying, stop. Amen? Come on. Come on. We can look at the turmoil that's going on in this world, and we look at what the Word of God says is going to happen, and how the prophecies of, of the Word are taking place. I'm telling you, it, to me, it feels like with the whole changes come banners all over the nation to me it feels like we're in like a cheesy Christian movie where, where all of a sudden people are going to be gone and we're going to see people's clothes everywhere and go, oh what happened right I, I feel like that you get that sense out there when you read the news and see the papers something's happening amen something's going on these are for, for the body of Christ these are exciting times no doubt but for those that have no hope and no security this is some terrifying times terrifying times but when we stand God shines and change comes amen if we flip that around change comes because God shines God shines because we stand see we are the light of the world do you understand we are the light of the world it's time to stop hiding it's time to stop watering it down stop putting filters and lenses to so people don't see the bright light be bright about you amen let's be bright about who we are let's stop watering down let's stop the nonsense listen if if you don't like what's being taught here i love you there's a million other churches that you can go to and that's all good amen is that all right but, but we, we want to just, I want to keep it Jesus. I, I need to answer for everything that's being done here. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, I love you guys, but I'm not taking the heat for because I want to attract you. Because I want you to come. Because I don't want you to be offended. I don't want you to be hurt. Get hurt and grow up and be over it. Amen? Yeah, come on. And what I love about this this teaching is that it blows the, out of the water all the Bible doubters, all the people that, you know, how many, if you look at your science books in school, I love this, there's a new edition every week, right? Why? Because they find out stuff that what they said in the beginning wasn't true, and so they, now they need to adjust it. They say, oh, there was, you know, a thousand years ago there was evolution, oh no, now a thousand years has passed, nothing happened, so now we gotta go, no, no, actually our new findings say it's millions of years ago, and so the earth is millions of years old, and so we gotta keep revising science, but the Bible stays the same all the way through, and people have talked about it, oh, that's nonsense, that's been rewritten, man has touched it, man has touched it, well, here is Daniel written in Old Testament times, still standing, we see what's happening today, we see it, amen? So it's Old Testament prophecy being fulfilled, which means the Word of God is something that we can still stand on, amen? And so we look at the Word today and we say, I'm still 
standing and because this word still stands we can stand and we can say to one another and encourage one another and help one another by saying with our lifestyles I'm still standing if that's you would you stand today would you say I'm still standing come on I'm still standing and now we're gonna not water it down all the way so some people you haven't made a choice to 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 believe in God you haven't made a choice to accept Christ you haven't made that decision and so we're not gonna just let it skate and hope that it happens if you need if you need to stand you need to stand today amen today amen so if you're here listen we love you and I'm not condemning or judging you I, I love you we're here because we love you and, but I want to let you know that the word says that unless you've confessed with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that there is no other way to get to heaven. It says, narrow is the gate and wide is the road, right? There is one way. There's no other way. Jesus, when Jesus was asked, surely there's another way. He said, anybody else that gets in is a thief and a robber. I'm the door. Nobody gets in but through me, he said. Everyone else is a thief and a robber. If you're tired of serving thieves and robbers, then say, then just raise your hand today and say, for the, if this is for the first time, I've never, I've never done this. God, I believe it. I want to live it. I believe that you sent your son to die on a cross, that I can have relationship with you again. God, we sung about the blood for a half hour today. It's because some of us need the blood. We need that blood. If you're saying, I need that blood today. I need to be washed. I need to be set right. And I need to learn how to walk in this way. If you've never done that before, just raise your hand and say, that's me. I, I, I need Jesus today. Amen. 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 That's right. Amen. Now you can worship with the rest of us. Amen. Now you can worship with the rest of us. Because God says, I don't, I'm not a respecter of people. I see you all the same. Either you're blood bought or you're not. Now you're blood bought. Let's worship. Come on. Let's leave in some worship. Yeah, come on. supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.